ਕਿਤੇ ਮਕੀਆਤੋ ਹੈਲੋ ਆਸ ਸੋ ਸੋਰੀ ਟੂ ਬਾਦਰ ਯੂ ਬਟ ਯੂ ਹੈਵ ਅ ਮਕੀਆਤੋ ਹੈਲੋ ਐਂਡ ਵੈਲਕਮ ਟੂ ਦਾ ਫਿਜ਼ਲ ਸ਼ੋ Fizzle Show is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs, people trying to build their thing, whether it be online or off, whether it be a baker or a jam maker or a or a blogger or a podcaster or a sh- a shaper of things, a mover of of stuff, a creator of Mhm. You might be the world's leading makers. That's who we're talking to. That's who we're for. On this episode today, what we get into is is there's a stigma that I've seen in my own life as well as in others where you're kind of looked down upon in some circles if you work for somebody else. If you take a job, if you're not doing your own thing independently, solo entrepreneuring it, some people look down on you. I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to combat that. I wanted to walk around this and ask the question, can we be fulfilled? Can we be engaged? Can we can we progress ourselves by working with and for others? Uh and uh, the conversation ends up getting to some surprising directions. So I think you're going to like it. Uh here's here's something written by a Fizzler in the Czech Republic Fizzle show listener named Ryan. He says if Fizzle were if Fizzle were the holy trinity, Caleb would be the father. Because he's got that low voice coming from the back thing going on. Corbett would be the son because he's the one trying to keep masses from becoming violent while at the same time turning water into cocktails. And Chase, that's me. He'd be the holy ghost. because he tends to come out of nowhere and makes people want to roll around on the ground and kiss snakes. <laughs> so I got that going for me. And Barrett Brooks, the fourth member of the team is on this show as well. Uh has some great stuff to to add to the conversation and I guess he would be frankincense and myrrh or something like that. All right, let's get into it. Well, I'm just super excited about being on a podcast show because the internet has changed my life for good. I'm so so I'm so I'm happy to be here because wow. You can search for anything you want on this thing. Yeah. It's like cool. Like what for example? Like I can search for stets and hats, right? But then I can search for stutes and hats. What about stets and cologne? Stet I could search for stets and cologne. I could do that. I didn't know that was a thing and I'm writing that down on my notepad, right? You should Now, use the internet. Stetson Cologne. Oh, I always start things in my notepad because that's how I remember it. You know, that's how I'll be able to find it later on. I'll find it in my in my notepad. Do you transcribe them later? Send them off. Well, to? it's a funny. You know, I've been wrangling cattle for you know damn near thirty five years now, and so for me to sort of find my way through the internet, you got to believe that's a bit of a challenge, right? I'm pr- I'm proud of myself. I'm damn proud of myself for the work I've been doing getting used to www Google, getting used to www Yahoo, getting used to www Fazzle. You know, all of these things are such great resources, independent what wonderful places on the internet, outposts, uh creativity, uh uh independence, uh uh living on it which brings me to my point for today you know i am so pleased to be here uh, as i am typically uh you know i'm just pleased in general but really today specifically i'm pleased because guys i got to tell you something man i've worked some shitty jobs before i've worked some jobs that you would have you would have died being in i mean look at my fingers i'm missing three of them because some 
shitty jobs. All right. Well, you did have six on that one hand. I had. Well, there was an extra. That's right. But that was not my fault. That was uh, the doctors say that was due to actually a chemical imbalance in my mother. True story. So, um, <laughs> anyways, regardless, bringing us to a point to the conversation today, uh, I have had some <laughs> jobs, man, but I've also had some great ones. And there's this stigma going around the internet. Again, super excited about the internet. Don't know if I've clarified that. There is a stigma running around the internet all about how you gotta work for yourself. You gotta work for yourself. Everybody's like, oh my God, you still have a job? Well, you know what? Yeah, I do have a job. You know why? Because I love my job. Why? Because I love cattle. Why? Because I'm a lonely guy. Why? Because chemical imbalances in my mother. You know, all sorts of reasons why. And I should stop this. I mean... <laughs> Where was it going to go? I don't ever have an end in mind. I was, I was just waiting to see if Barrett would make it all end. But I don't, think, I don't think he knew what was happening. Well, I learned in the last episode that you just have to let him go. And I know, but conclusion. then... I forgot, though. There's like a... Two parts to that rule. Sometimes you don't let him finish. <laughs> well, I was just curious to hear, were we ever going to get the Cowboys' name, or was it just going to be an act? No, there aren't any names. I was no. trying to do I was trying to do a little bit of a character, but I didn't have any sort of thoughts about a character. It was really just a voice. Yeah. You know? That's the trouble. You yeah. didn't get inside the uh, the mind of your audience. Though. Yeah, so like, what would I do? I'd be like, this, ca- this cowboy has a motivation. I like that I was making him sensitive. Mm-hmm. He um, was sensitive. I like the idea of a cowboy who's into, like, blogging. I just thinks it's so cool. Yeah, we probably have some. Oh, dude, I just, I mean, I've been a rancher for damn near 35 years. And I got to tell you, you can put up a blog on the Internet and you can just tell you just tell the world what you think. You can just write what's in your soul and get it out there. And people are going to respond. You know, I got a one lady. She's a reader. Kathy, she's a reader on my blog. um, Pursuit of Happiness dot ranch and she she was reading my last post it was about um the the changes made to the google inbox you know tabs right and an email uh you know because email is an important part of any business um and all these changes and she said you know what a treat to hey, be able to use gmail for free did that hey, just hey warm mcdonald yeah uh, we're, yeah we're regressing well, that's the difference between you and me. You think that it's regress. I think it's progress. Now he's going to go from uh, trying to be sensitive to being... Listen, the, the, the rancher who blogs is like, he's sharing his heart with you, and you're going to squat on it and, and, and step on it, and you're going you're gonna to feel the wrath. That story was... He just uh, put his spurs on. It was warming the cockles of my heart. Cockles. Well, it's funny Come you again? should say that, because as a longtime <laughs> rooster rancher... <laughs> boy... You ain't, never, you ain't never seen a cockle like you've seen a rooster cockle. That's true. A cockle cockle. <laughs> oh, okay, guys, we're, in the, we're into another episode here. We're, we're traveling at the speed of f***ing light, getting straight into your ear holes, looking to find a way to find the truth, looking to go into the darkness, pull back what's real, open up the cloud of unknowing, and dive right the f*** inside. See what we can find. See who's in there. You feel like, you feel like that last episode was a little subdued? Last, last week's episode... I was. Uh, what did you guys drink at lunch? Yeah. Uh, I had uh, water, two full glasses of water. I was subdued in the last one because I was hungry. Yep. And then uh, we had. Uh, I had a macchiato, and he had an espresso. I had a macchiato. Hello, I'm so sorry to bother you, but do you have a macchiato? 
Chase has his sunglasses on right now, if that gives you any state of mind. Sunglasses. I want to see what it's like if you guys tried to, if you if I just did crazy stuff all the episode and, and we you just, guys had to try to steer it. Just, well, just wait till you put Caleb and I in the same place for an episode and see what happens. Yeah, and plus, I feel like that's what we do every episode. <laughs> yeah, put you in the damn internet. Yeah. <laughs> together. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? This is kind of a, this is kind of a two-parter in my mind. You feel like it's a two-parter? A little bit. Tell me what you're thinking. Well, because last week, we dropped the, the ultimate watch bomb. Yeah. That, that wasn't, it wasn't a joke. It's it the was wa- like a, it's, it's the watch bomb. It was bomb the watch bomb that actually detonated. <laughs> like, there's actually fallout, and, and yeah. we're all, we all have extra f- fingernails and stuff now. Like, just growing out of our, like, right on, right on the, my nipple, like, there's like a, it's a nuclear fallout. Is there, yeah, weird shrapnel. Yeah. Fingernail shrapnel. Tumors. So, Caleb dropped the ultimate watch bomb on us. He's, uh, he's moving on. We had a whole conversation about moving on, what it means to move on. Yeah. And this is a bit of a continuation of that because really Caleb's internal struggle was working on a team versus doing his own thing, you know, leading his own charge. Yeah. And we've spent 60, this is the 69th episode now talking about um, sexual positions and wait. Yeah. Well, we finally made it to 69. No. Okay. We've been talking about. We've been talking about self-employment, self-employment, entrepreneurship, and um, we don't want to give the impression that there's n- never a situation when you should work on a team. We're, this is no. when we're trying to woo Caleb back yeah. to work with us. No, yeah. there's, there are situations when you should work on a team, right? And we well, want to get into I, that. I think, so here's my, here's my, okay, here's my rant. And I'm going to try not to do the ranger voice, but here's my rant. Um, I think for my own life, I've, I've... I'm a victim of, of, you know, of trends and of, and of swing, violent swings from left to the right in the pendulum, just like anybody else. And in my own life, I, I thought it was like kind of a failure to work for other people. For some reason, that was the story in my head. Uh, and I, so I had to swing violently out to the other side and go like completely independent. I thought independence was the goal. And independence, I've discovered now, and we built the Fizzle brand to some degree about independence because so many of us are independent and trying to figure out how to how to do this self-employed thing. How in the world to keep putting gluten-free crackers on the table when there are taxes and there are crazy things and there are like server breakdowns and there are the, just the general difficulty in, from the onset of there's like, how do I make something that people want? How do I, me, little old me, yeah. who like... Puts my pant legs independently on once at a t- one day at a time. But then you make gold records. And then after I, you do. <laughs> I make gold records after I do. Uh, so, but the goal isn't. I, I've I've come around on this, and it's something that actually matters a great deal to me. The goal is not independence. The goal is fulfillment. The goal is happiness. The goal is engagement. The goal is sitting down to work and going like, and. and and doing that thing where your eyes kind of go up or right, like, and you get to ask, like, what do I get to do today? Or, or where you, where you, uh, it's two o'clock in the morning and you didn't even realize it. Like you're still doing that thing, like writing or, or making that music or doing whatever it is, that flow state where you forget about time and you forget about all this stuff. That's the goal. The goal is to be doing something that you care about, not necessarily that you're passionate about, but that you care about that. Like you can sense there's something important about this, whether you're working for someone else, whether you're working for yourself. I think the, I think one of the big victories will be when corporations, important corporations like Tesla or like, you know, SpaceX or Google or these sorts of things, when they can actually hire people in such a way that those people are engaged 
alive, excited. They don't feel like they're working for the man. They don't feel like they're just trying to vest their stock so they can leave. They don't feel like they're being taken advantage of. I think the goal for those kind of companies is that it's a satisfying experience to work there. And in the goal of our life is not that you're independent, it's that you're engaged and fulfilled. And I just realized this in myself after having several conversations this past year, how many people in the Fizzle audience are like amazing number twos, like incredible B and C players. And they're trying to do it on their own. They're striving, striving, striving because of that story that was in my head. Like I'm not, I'm nothing if I don't do it on my own. I'm nothing if I can't do this on my own. And that's not a, that's not a true thing. There's a hunger, there's a desire. And sometimes you got to do what Caleb's doing and you got to take that, that leap. We've all done that. Right. But the, but the real trick to this whole life thing is you're going to be forgotten in a hundred years. Like in a hundred years is a piece of lint on a cat's butthole in the, in the, you know, grand scale of the universe. Right. It's nothing. Like you, you could write a hundred books and nobody would have a copy of them in 200 years. Right. Except for maybe Google books, like in a digital format that they didn't get permission to do that for. Right. Um, so legacy, all that stuff. No, doesn't matter. What matters right now, enjoy yourself, fulfillment, um, you know, all of that, all of like, this is the, this is the real stuff. So to that end, I find us, I find, I find so many fizzlers and, and myself, I see my own story and I, and I, and I wish I wouldn't have stri- striven, strived. I was striving to do it on my own and I ended up failing and putting myself under huge pressure the very first time. Yeah. You know, but let me, let me give some counterpoint to, to that in a couple of ways. If you think you can, I mean, I'm kind of a world-class rhetorician. Rhetorician. I thought you were a master debater. I'm the master debater. <laughs> um, you say fulfillment and... You say... <laughs> and uh, whatever the other thing you said. I only hear the what I Satisfaction. That those are the points. So, and, and I agree. But unfortunately, it's really difficult to find that in most corporations. True yeah. satisfaction of fulfillment. You're exactly right. You're and exactly so that's right. Why, so that's why most of us seek yep. to build our own thing. And don't, don't get me wrong. Because like, like, I hate... I, I really despise the corporate greed, the corporate lobby system, the corporate, like all the stuff that's like ruining the things that belong to all of us, like the air, yeah. things like that, right? Watch Cosmos and you'll get an amazing perspective on just the, the shallow greediness of, of corporations like this, obviously oil and that stuff being such a crazy of them all, right? But, and you're right. So the dream for, but, but I, I think what I really want to do is I want to tackle this idea of, First of all, you don't have to work for yourself. Let's come to a, like, is there a right answer about working for yourself or working for others? Well, obviously not. Yeah, I think not. Right? Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple white boys laughing at each other. What will they find out next? Not much. <laughs> well, I think that what you were getting at is that some people think the lifestyle is the point or the end goal of working for yourself, but you can have that working for a team or working for a really great company, whether it's a startup yeah. or a yeah. big company. I know, And you find that the lifestyle a lot of times isn't enough, right? Right. And I know uh, even when I was at Boeing, there were people that worked virtually in Boeing. other states that, you know, could work their own hours for the most part and yeah. didn't have a commute can make their own schedules. We have the freedom to travel when we want, as long as we get our work done when it needs to get done. And so I think that you can have that part 
without having to work for yourself, but you also also get some security more when you're working for a team or a small company. But yeah. like you were saying, Corbett, that's not the point. Once you get those things, that you find out that's not the actual point. It's part of it, maybe for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's part of it. It's a and it's a big it's part. It's a big of it, part. To yeah. be honest, yeah. And the other thing is, um, you know, building your own thing. Even even though you said like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, or I wish that you know yeah, yeah. that I didn't put that stress on myself. Building your own thing a lot of times is the best way to find what's right for you. And a lot of times it's the best way to land on a really great team. But here's think about the way people are hired these days. You don't, you don't get picked out of a stack of resumes. I mean, I'm a walking case study for this, right? So I went out and did my own thing for a couple of years and I reached the end of it. And I kind of put that out into the world that I was on the market at that point. And within a week, I was kind of hoping for some downtime. And within a week I had four or five solid on paper offers in my hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, totally. And and that's purely because you had proven that you had the focus, the motivation, the ability to attempt just to even to attempt to build something on your own and that you had made progress. Like that makes you stand apart from everyone else who works a job and has no evidence that what they do for that company actually made any impact, you know? Because yeah. the number, the stats that you read on a resume about how I transformed this division of sales from this percent to this percent, yeah. it really just doesn't say as much as I built this company and we, totally. and we, and you know, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. And this time I learned, mm-hmm. um, but that experience opens up so many doors for you. Uh, you know, if you didn't, if you hadn't done that, Barrett, you wouldn't have gone to work with Seth Godin last summer. Um, you wouldn't be off on your own or, you know, working with us right now, um, being invited to speak at different places. All of that comes because you put in the hard work of building your own thing. So, yeah. so even if, even if your goal isn't necessarily to be your own boss, be self-employed forever, uh, it's. I still think that building your own thing is probably the best way to land your dream job these days. Yeah, yeah I no think doubt. there's something. There's you're, you're you're totally right. You're totally right because you never learn as much as you'll learn when you do your own thing. Yeah, like you just you, you just, just see every angle. But there's an there's a, an element that we got into in the in the last episode about being able to work with a team when it's time to leave and all this other stuff. Being yeah. able to work under a good mentor, Barrett. You mentioned that like like I should have instead of like it was great. I went and did my thing. Uh, probably looking back, I should have gone and worked with some great mentors. Um, There's something to that last pit of working with great mentors that is like, if we, but we're so bad at looking at our life and what Bradfeld calls like the long view of many short cycles. Um, Whereas if you can say, okay, Caleb, you worked with, with Corbett for three years. Okay. Which is a long time actually. Right. You could work. Someone could go, you could go work with somebody under somebody making very minimal money, but learning all the things for a year, year and a half, two years, maybe, and get all of the sort of the sense of what it's like to do this sort of thing. Yeah. It physically changes your brain and what your sense of what's possible is. Do you know what I mean? Like it shows you when you start to like, like just like Scott Dinsmore's thing about like the five people and or or whatever, like just that whole sense of when you hang out with different kinds, when, so Scott Dinsmore is a blogger, live your legend.net. He, wanted to blog and he was was such a uh tony robbins sort of buff he knew he just needed to get where the bloggers were went to san francisco hung out with corbett and leo for a while um over the course of several months and just started seeing what was possible 
and that change when you're versus being in rural sort of like you know landlockedville by yourself trying to like come up with the vision for something and then you you're all of a sudden with the people who look like celebrities online but they're disheveled jackoffs and and regular ja- in real ja- life jagoff. jagoffs in real life um it changes so much so uh, number one, that that sense of of like working under someone just to get your grip and your bearings for doing yeah. it on your own, so sensational. But number two, I remember sitting down with Charlie Gilkey, a really bright guy from ProductiveFlourishing dot com, uh, like PhD uh, in the military. He's just a systems thinker, one of the guys that can go tit for tat with me and, and like way, way beyond me in terms of his knowledge of a full, like classic philosophy and all this other stuff, right? Just a brilliant dude. And it was fascinating sitting with him, uh, not this WDS, but two years ago and him saying, well, the thing is all these people are like, they're all, we're all just doing this lone wolf thing. Nobody's trying to build an idea that will persist beyond their own name. And their own ego, essentially. You know what I mean? Which is the the subtext there. And this concept of the lone wolf ever since then really stuck with me. Because fundamentally, like to me, the dream is is the Muppets. The dream is the Muppets. A bunch of ragamuffin people who are like putting together something that shouldn't work and it all falls apart, and then finally they tie it all together at the end and they do the circus. And it's amazing, and people love it. You know what I mean? And the bad guy gets thwarted, and and all that stuff. Like, I love that. I love that story. Just like we we've all watched the battered bastards of baseball recently. This documentary on Netflix that is just incredible. Um, and it's the little guy, the little ragamuffin, fucking heart dude, versus the the corporate structure yeah. of the MLB and that kind of thing. So I love that, and inherently, I love that sense of of sort of camaraderie and, and togetherness and ragamuffinness in the thing. That's but th- yeah, but th- those are two different kinds of stories I think because there's the Luke Skywalker model yeah. which is the one guy yeah. trying to defeat the yeah. empire with whatever. the team with with people who support him with all the team but way. they're pretty like ancillary, you know, and and they're all kind of independent agents yeah. in that way. Whereas Battered Bastards of Baseball is literally a team. Yeah, but they're all run by the dude yeah. Right. Being right, and being so partly really it's about his story, t- tying yeah. that together, and it's his heart and it's his vision and yada yada yeah. yada. So a lot of us would say, but, I need to be that." But Bing spent you know thirty years working under other people, yeah. you know, and and learning from those other people, and, and, and a, in something. a completely different industry. Yeah. What what I like so much about that story and what what's instructive from this conversation is the vision that Bing had for that baseball team, and mm-hmm. for what, not only that baseball team, but for what baseball means. Well, and that they all had a common enemy. And yeah. that really united totally. them. But that vision, like, like how many, I was just at podcast movement and it seemed like the question everybody was asking was, how do I get more downloads? How do I make money? What's your podcast about? I haven't figured it out yet. They don't have a thing. They just want downloads and for. money, but yeah, they're they not fighting yeah. for anything. Not everybody, yeah. but like so many weren't fighting for right. something, right? Like here at Fizzle, we fight for the people who are putting their ass on the line to build a thing because it's a fucking nightmare, yeah. right? Putting your ass over the fire and you know you got a shitty uncle terry you got you got your own demons and the drill sergeant in your head that's telling you you're worthless and you can't do this you got the fear uncertainty and doubt that comes you have with a family like, that you have to support yeah you know you got all you have all these things yeah it's a nightmare but if you have a vision that a thing to fight for because you think this thing deserves to stand in the world um that is that is the the uh what is it the unfair advantage so i guess today what we're trying to explore is you know if Maybe your ultimate goal or, or your ultimate fulfillment, satisfaction, whatever, 
needs to come from working on your own and building your own thing. But even for those people, there are periods of time where you need to work with other people to learn certain skills. And and they don't always come in order. It's not like yeah. you start out working for someone else, then you build your own thing. Sometimes you build your own thing, you figure out how r- ridiculously difficult it is, and that you need to go back to the drawing board for a while, work with a team, and then maybe you go build your own thing, or maybe yeah. you or maybe you find a team that really works. Here's here's something that that um there, there's an article that that Barrett found that I'd like us to get into here in a second. But really really quickly first, um, I was just I just spent some time with a a really accomplished uh, coder engineer like .NET guy, so was an engineer, not a developer. You know, older guy. And uh, just just walked away from one company and was looking for the next gig, um, and it was really mind boggling for him when I took him through this exercise that I've sort of done with myself a few times. Where where it's it's not even an exercise; it's just like, hey, uh, what are the problems that are important to you? They could be big or they could be little. I mean, it could be racism in America, hashtag Ferguson. It could be uh, Northern and Southern Ireland relations mm-hmm. and bridging those gaps it could be big like that it could be small it could, it could be, be like, like just how do you smuggle liquor into a concert it, without getting caught exactly exactly like how do i how do i have tickle? you heard about these new tampons that are actually uh oh, little my goodness <laughs> they actually no. you say no <laughs> yes. more yes no because i just heard you have the whole business plan is no, in my no 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 yeah. this exists already <laughs> do you guys know what i'm talking about so my my uh, do i know what you're talking about you just said it <laughs> of course now i know what you're talking <laughs> my about. my sister-in-law just told me it's the <laughs> ultimate way to freak out the dude who's checking through your purse yeah, in the line, he finds the tampons in there and he's like oh sorry ma'am and he just ignores it oh, and he doesn't know that there's liquor in there two yeah. ounces uh, each yeah. So you can smuggle like a couple of flasks could, worth could, of liquor. You could smuggle two shots in. Yeah. <laughs> per. <laughs> per. Um, regardless, <laughs> it's a great example though. Like this, like stupid idea, but like, man, does it ever suck to have to pay $9 for a cocktail at a place when you could bring in your own, right? Um, little things. So for me, I did this, ex- I did this experiment with myself several years back. Like what, what are the problems that interest me? What do I care about? Like what's inter- what what angers me? What do I feel like is unfair? What do I feel like is 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 important and deserves to be supported and a problem that deserves to be solved? And I landed on uh, I landed on uh, music. Like if there's any company, because I was basically asking myself, is there any company in the world that I would look work for? Who would it be? I landed on RDIO, RDIO, because this is I've fallen in love with it as a way to discover new music. Uh, as, as like the first like for after you know a decade of downloading music illegally. And, and really getting into bands that I would have never been able to find elsewhere, I realized how much how important this concept of, of music, people making new music, getting it into the hands of an audience that can become a passionate, you know, avid fan, doing that in a way that exchanges value for value, so somehow they're getting paid for it. And I still don't know if that's being solved through audio and Spotify and these kinds of things. But regardless, that whole music industry is shifting because of tools and technologies like this. It's such an interesting problem to solve. And, I, and so I'm like, okay, if I was going to work anybody anywhere, I'd work there because it's an interesting problem to me, and I could I could go I could go ply my oars there. I could put my back towards something that I feel like is important. Yeah, but so that's just one part of the of the triangle. If you uh, in Daniel Pink's book Drive, yeah. he talks about autonomy, mastery, yes. and purpose, yeah. and you're really just addressing the purpose, purpose. part. 
And so what if in that environment at RDO, you don't know what that company's like internally. Yeah. So what Luckily, if, I do now. Okay. But, yeah. but what if they don't give you autonomy or the ability to totally. create and mastery? That, that's where it would do. That was where it would fall apart. And right? that's where it falls apart. And for me, it's not just autonomy and mastery and purpose, but it's also the lifestyle piece. You know? Yeah. Like, do I have to be in at, at six in the morning and, and am I required to be there till eight at night? Like, what, is yeah. the, what does that look like and all that stuff? Um, so, and it, that's what... That's what all these startups, like all these, there's also so, so many sexy startups, right? Apparently, if you have any skill at all, you can move to San Francisco and get a, jo- a high paying job now, it seems like, right? Um, but what they're all still trying to figure out is that we're, we're in this incredible boom of startups and, and we're all trying to figure out this, what does it mean to do the lifestyle thing? What does it mean to do the company? Because they have, we have, they have imbre- investors to impress and, yeah. to, and they got benchmarks and all these things that they got to do. And what does that all look like? I was, I was reading about startups and, and the idea that the, in the end, they're really just outsourced inexpensive R and D for giant companies yeah. because the majority of them end up getting bought by Google. Yeah. So basically, and, and, and the ones that fail, subsidize the cost of google being able to buy this one company right yep. so you know in the end you're really working for yahoo google or whatever or your company's yeah. going to fail or and then and then now like we're a representative of this other branch where we're not the only ones at all right but who we're not building this for an exit you know that's not that's not a dream for us at this stage we really want we really like this problem we can we can this was a door that was open to us, an yeah. opportunity to do something completely different and a story that we care a great deal about. The independent sort of entrepreneur trying to figure out their way through the thing, you know? And the problem is when you're working for a company that's uh, building towards an exit, everything, that that, everything that aligns all the that. goals. Yeah. Every, yeah, exactly. Everything leads to that and uh, all the decisions about how we run the company and, and how we work and the hours we put in and all that kind of stuff are geared towards the exit. Yep. And a lot of times that's not what you want. The interesting thing, though, is it, as we're talking about uh, Caleb moving on and other people that will hire in the future that will want to move on, and we think about how do we build a company that is focused on entrepreneurship and self-employment yeah. while keeping our team members happy and satisfied, yeah. even though they themselves probably have these entrepreneurial visions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe there's just a transitory period in their lives that it works or whatever. But as we're trying to do that, and you think about what keeps people at startups who also have a similar drive, probably a lot of them. Yeah. Usually it's that exit. So ironically, you know, that, that future potential exit and the stock options and all that kind of stuff are what keep smart driven people who could probably do their own thing in startups because they're all looking for that, that exit. Yeah. As opposed to, looking for a life which is interesting really and it's right now and it's very right now it's a trend right now how long has that been going on maybe 10 15 20 years you know mm-hmm. what i mean like what what did that look like 50 years ago it didn't look like this mm-hmm. right it just didn't so this is a brand new thing just like people forget that like you know a lot of i have a bunch of friends that are like actually great musicians and doing the whole musician thing and they're like man it just sucks because i can't even i used to uh, you know 20 years ago, I would have gotten paid, you know, four or five million dollars at this point based on record sales or whatever, things like that at the time. When I'm like, well, 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 yeah, that was a, we had a good little run there, didn't we? About a 40 year bubble. They wouldn't have gotten paid. They are blowing smoke up their own. No, but, but like, but the music industry has fundamentally changed. Yeah. And, and so has every, just about every other industry. It's not about going back to the glory days. What we're, we're really, what we're really Those doing weren't right the now. glory days. That was the days when a few people were handpicked. Yeah, that's be, what I'm getting at. To get it's, paid it's a bunch. Like there was and this... the people that you were talking to would have never been discovered totally. at all. Totally. But to be a musician at that point meant like a whole lot, of, a whole lot, because you weren't 
who else was who else was a musician at that point like yeah. 25 people fewer people now yeah. everyone is yeah and so but the idea is is we're going way back to like the village days when you're a minstrel do you know what i mean like there was a min and, and it's small time live music and it's going to change the way we understand music as a culture over the next 200 years yeah do you know what i mean like it, it's a it's not about how do we get these artists paid more so much as it is what does it mean now same thing with startups it's not about how do we get money to pay for a thing so much as it means what does it mean now like what does it mean now to have a job what does it mean now what does work mean now what does it mean now for you to have the skill set that you have the story that you, you you come from all of these sorts of things what does that mean for you to do work now Right, because you can be. I think the secret of Gandhi is be satisfied with with almost nothing. Like be satisfied with your own breath. The ancient, the Buddhists, like they're nailing this, right? They're really, and I'm learning so much from the Alan Watts and the Buddhist stuff. Be satisfied on a fundamental, just like nature of the fact that you exist, right? Because this is the only truth is right now, and that you exist totally. And stop looking for the external to make totally. you happy. Yeah. But at the same time, like I get turned on and fired up by making stuff. I like putting things out in the world and hearing people go like, that was great, you know, yeah. because I'm an insecure little baby. It's a balance. Right. But, um, okay, let's switch gears. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get into, uh, uh, switch gears from whatever the hell we've been talking about <laughs> and go into Barrett. I would love for you to walk us through a little bit of this, this article that you found and shared with us that I thought was really interesting. So I'm not sure how I found it exactly, but the author's name is Michelle Nicolason, I think is uh, how you Michelle, pronounce it. Oh, you're thinking of Michelle Ndegeo Cello. Yes. <laughs> Do you sure. remember Michelle Ndegeo Cello? No. Wow. 1994. Coming at so, you strong. So the article she wrote <laughs> Go for uh, it. <laughs> was called Six Reasons Getting a Job Was the Best Thing I Ever Did for My Business. And uh, it's a, li- a little bit of a list post, but a substantial one. And uh, she mention, mentions you, Chase, uh, briefly, oh. but she makes six quick points and I'll just read them really fast and then we can talk about them a little bit. But the first one is she says getting a job forced her to ruthlessly prioritize her time. The second is it got her out of a rut she wouldn't have gotten out of on her own. The third is it reconnected her to her motivation. The fourth is that it gave her a whole new view on the disconnect between her what and her how. Number five is that it reset a lot of bad patterns in her life. And number six, she learned to take or to shut up and take the money. So for a little bit of context on this to make it make some sense is that she was a freelancer and she always wanted to write and to teach. And in order to subsidize those things, she was doing a lot of consulting, a lot of project management that wasn't really up her alley, didn't have anything to do with the work she wanted to do. And so instead of continuing to bang her head against the wall doing that, she decided to go out and get a job for an agency. And while she was there, she learned how to be a better entrepreneur, essentially, and how to do more of what she truly loved, which was the writing and the teaching. And it set her up to then leave that job eventually and be a writer and teacher full-time, making Mm. full-time money doing it. Um, And so basically what she's, the argument she's making is that getting a job was the only way she could refocus on what the hell it was she was trying to do to begin with, and also to, to get out of some of this entrepreneurial depression she was facing uh, when she wasn't accomplishing what she set out to accomplish to begin with. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is uh, just something that uh, I, I recommend in a lot of situations, which is if what you're doing isn't working, radically change the situation, whether it's you're 
podcasting and you're not getting any listeners. Or if you're a white man, become a black girl. Yeah, exactly. Radically, radically change radically your change. situation. Right? Radically And change. see how your life changes. There's this old Eddie Murphy clip from Saturday Night Live where he puts on, so, he, he becomes a white man. And like he just walks around, like buys magazines, so like as a white man, like yeah. in, like not in the, like it's not a skit. Like it's they mostly went and filmed silent, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Went, yeah, went and filmed it, and it's just like how he walks out on the streets of oh, New York. Yeah, it's so good. Back uh, when you could do that, kind but of thing. you're right about radically changing the the. Well, there's a couple things that I that I get from this. I, I think I'm still working on this thought, but there's something about the concept of conviction and confidence that has radically changed things for me uh, when I. St- finally got some sort of a a perspective enough to stop talking about the things I thought I was supposed to talk about, the things that people wanted to hear that Mm. I thought might get more clicks, that I thought like, hey, if I'm talking about design, I should talk about this sort of thing. If I'm talking about business, I should talk about this sort of of thing. Something shifted in me when I decided I'm only going to say what I can say. And I'm still working on this. I think I'm still a people pleaser and trying to like find my way through this stuff, you know? But when I got confident in the fact that I don't have to have all the answers for all the questions, something really shifted in me, Mm -hmm. which allowed me to do over the next couple of years, like the sec, like I just paid attention to what I really could say because every time I landed on something I could say, like it, it just was so capital T true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and that con- it created a conviction in me. Like Barrett, I was talking to you the other day, and one of the things, that, like I, I, one of the things to pay attention to. This is for goes for all of us and for every listener. You might want to create a little list in your phone about and just keep track of things that make you angry, yep. things that make you angry, things that make you that, that that you feel like are unjust. So it could be anything from like something that makes me angry is I still don't have a loofah strategy. A loofah? I don't have a loofah strategy. Like, I don't know if I'm going to clean my butt with it and my face or if there's a certain part of the loofah that I'm going to do. My And I don't know. And my wife and I certainly haven't come to terms on like what our strategy for the loofah is. Yeah. You know, this is something that angers like, me. It's in like sharing the loofah. Like, so when I wash my face, like what am I washing with exactly? Right. You know, it's in a very important, I mean, it's the same thing with like, now I have a towel strategy. So this makes you angry or yeah. just perplexed it's or a, well, confused? It's a, good question. Yeah. Right? Maybe there's not much of a difference between, maybe those are all in the same wavelength. They're just sure. different sort of. If you but, need to uh, take a day to figure this out, we can probably give you data. If you guys, that would be so, <laughs> that'd be so helpful. Yeah, how long do you think you would need well, to figure this honest, out? Well, to be honest, I was, I wanted to talk to Seth Godin about it because you know that guy's got a plan for this. You probably you know just. He's got a great presentation on this. Does he really? It's called, it's called This is Broken. Uh-huh. And all he gave the talk exactly once, and all it is is a bunch of slides of things that are so broken. I totally saw that one. I it's saw it. Perfect, because what it teaches you, I think, is to learn to see. To yeah, you're right in the world, because most people just see something that's broken and they get pissed off and they don't even realize it. Yeah, I remember one of the slides was like a, a, the uh, a picture of the grocery aisle of like Tylenol and Advil and all this other stuff, right? And they all look exactly the same, just different colors. Like nobody's right. doing anything different. Yeah. You're right though. You're exactly right, Barrett. I wasn't even heading that way, but that's exactly why this is so great. Uh, creeping a list of the things that make you a- angry is so great because it shows, it gets you to start to see those things. And I'm I'm just curious, how does this relate to Michelle? Uh, yeah. Getting a job and uh, being good for her business. I'm heading towards this concept of conviction. Okay. So, um, 
one of the things that makes me angry, like for for instance, I have a domain, uh, I have a domain expertise in design, even though I would I like www kind of domain www dot uh, yeah, but it's it's not like a it's not a dot com domain it's, expertise. It's, it's like a yeah, it's more like a, a dot it uh-huh. or something like that. You know, uh, one of those foreign ones that you don't actually have to live there. Yeah. to get one, um, but if someone if I see someone teaching some design stuff and they're being heavy handed and pedantic and uh, over controlling and stupid and be, being like an academician about design. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I respect the, the history and craft and trade of design, like I will get pissed off if I see someone being small minded about that because design is, is, you know, just, you know, an infant still. And it's, and it, there's so much to be discovered about what design means for today, right now, and for tomorrow, and all this other stuff. And for, for you specifically, this student, that student. So I get really pissed off about some things that I know a lot about because, because those things that I've put in the years and blood, sweat, and tears in. So I think what we, what we've, got in this article is this is this learning of those convictions what i love i love when she mentions like i really i got to realize how much i like the teaching and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. such an amazing thing to learn because you could go through your whole life and that could be true about you and you might not know it you know like those are the little tiny insights that a little that a guru or a teacher or or just an experience can teach you that are so freaking valuable so you're saying that she learned that from a mentor on the job or from her her experience was the mentor, right? What I think she did though, was she was so caught up in, in getting paid tomorrow to like buy the gluten-free crackers that she forgot everything. She wasn't seeing, she wasn't thinking about the problems that pissed her off. She was just trying to land the next consulting gig. And so when she went back to work, it gave her the space and the time and the energy and the freedom to say, Holy shit, I care I still care about something. Underneath all of that crap I was dealing with, there's something I care about. And then she focused on that and mm. said, I'm a writer, pay me for my writing. Yeah. And now she has a writing business. Yeah. And that to me is where it ties all back in. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Because what I see there is a conviction. I mean, I'm st- I've uh, to me for with design, it took I remember the moment when I said when the, for the first time I said I was des- a designer. Because I was not trained. I just fiddled around. I still very much felt like a fraud, like an idiot, right? And even when I was when I did think traffic and worked with you, I was just like fiddling. I would have not called myself a designer at that point. Mm-hmm. I just said I've made some sites. Um, and I like to fool around with that stuff. And I remember the first time I was I played music my whole life and was always a guitar player. Never once thought I could sing. Ever. Never once could have even pretend that I was going that I was it was just was it just I couldn't even see that. Like it was just a black spot in my brain. And eventually something happened where at a church, like I, they needed someone to sing. And I was like, I was forced to do it. And from that moment on, I realized I have, I could have a good voice and I could sing. And that was like such a, like it was a black spot in my perception of myself before then. And then it was this completely new landscape that I realized did exist. And I had to go help make it. So how does this relate to getting a job? What it relates to is her sense of saying, oh my God, I love the teaching. Mm -hmm. I love the writing. Like I'm going, I am a writer. For me, when I said I am a designer, I am a singer. Those, those are like sacred moments. That's a sacred thing to learn about yourself. Yeah. I guess I never got that from a job. I, I, I'm, I'm in it right now though. So I'm back here for this thing. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason I came here is because big business jobs, all that stuff pisses me off. It pisses me off so much. Yes. And that was why I started a company to begin with. Yep. But now here I've got the exact same cause with a team of people I love hanging out with. And now I can develop some perspectives on things like customer success or on what an educational training company should do. And so here I am again in a space where I'm not concentrated on making a dollar tomorrow. I'm concentrated on how do I make sure every interaction I have with a customer makes them delighted to be our customer. Yeah. Or so it gives you a vision. It buys you time and gives you the freedom and space to build that domain expertise that you can't when you're running a company Yeah, because you're so worried about how am I going to put food on the table tomorrow. That's right. And and what if the worst case scenario is, or or one of the worst cases is you end up finding something you actually enjoy. Yeah. And that's okay. God forbid. Yeah. But so I think that there's a little pretext here uh, that we haven't stated explicitly, or maybe we did, but that is there is a time and a place and there are certain kinds of people for whom a job is going to be better than self-employment, but that really requires that you find the right kind of company that's going to buy you the satisfaction and freedom to, to build that autonomy and mastery and so forth. And those companies are few and far between. I think it's easy to take it for granted when you're in the space that we're in and we know a lot of entrepreneurs and startups and really cool work environments. But the majority of people, like if you've ever been inside of a hundred thousand person insurance company, you realize how insignificant startups are compared to the vast majority of Fortune 500 companies that employ millions and millions and millions of people. Think about Walmart alone yeah. employs like a million and a half people, mm-hmm. the majority of whom earn under $10 an hour or something yeah. and get no health benefits or anything. And that is just a horrible existence. And so the question is for people that are listening to this and they're they're driven by this idea of there must be something better out there for me. Yeah. Do they go look for a startup you know, that has or some company that actually believes in caring about their employees first and foremost mm. over profits or whatever it is that they're they're driving uh, or shareholders or whatever yeah. Yeah. or do they start their own thing and and again I'm going to go back to the idea that starting your own thing when you don't have any other options when you don't know who that other company is that is the best way to get your foot in the door yeah. and to and to figure out what you're passionate about and then maybe an opportunity comes along and you're like man, I've been pushing this wheelbarrow up this hill for the past year and I haven't made any progress. And somebody comes along and says, hey, why don't you help push our wheelbarrow up the hill with these five other cool people? Then maybe it's time to to switch gears. You know what's interesting is I started this, when I saw, what I liked so much about this topic was the sense that like, okay, let's let's round out this conversation about working for yourself and add this stuff about working with others in a good way. Mm -hmm. And what I'm coming with, (laughs) what's so... uh, it seems to be an epidemic in fizzle shows. Uh, what the the bits that are bobbing to the top in this thing are, um, boy, does it ever change when you get to care about what you do for a living? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's just the low. That's just the the lowest common denominator yeah. or or whatever about this stuff. And in a lot of in a lot of cases, uh, maybe the question of do I do this on my own or do I do it with the team become a little bit irrelevant if you really, really care about what yeah. you're doing. Because I, I mean, to me, the dream is not like nothing is as satisfying as when a team comes together and does something great. I mm-hmm. think that that'll always be the best thing. Um, I think that uh, some of us can't do teams very well. Some well, of us, some things you can't do by yourself. 
You're like totally right. Building yeah. airplanes. Yeah. Like building and, airplanes, yeah. Or and even so this, like Facebook or whatever. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Totally. And 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 we come from an industry, the blogging industry is one that is a bunch of lone wolves, you know, which was what Charlie Gilkey was t- sharing, like open, like making me realize, you know, it's yep. not like exactly a huge insight, but it made me start to think about what does it look like to cut, what does it look like to believe in something enough that we're willing to band it together with others to serve a common goal and idea versus being the person who I, I'm addicted certainly to being the person who made something good that I could point to and be like, look at the way people love this thing that I made. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I have to deal with that ego stuff in my, like, like I still have that work to do, Yeah, but I'm still enamored by the idea of we can all work together to some degree. Uh, or we can all work together to build something more substantial than any of us could do on our own. Yeah. You know, that's something that's exciting to me. Totally. And, and I think, and it's still also the idea of working like, listen, listener, if you're in a, if you're in a really bad job and you feel like you need to keep this job because you need to survive, I'm here to tell you, you can survive. You can survive in a lot of other bad jobs. You can survive also in a lot of other good jobs. And like that Steve uh, or that Jim Carrey yeah. quote, right? You can fail doing something you hate. So why not fail doing something you love? Totally. That's such a powerful yeah. question. Yeah, I... Um- yeah. I worked for a company where the lifestyle was almost perfect. Like I, I found this, I found this business that really cared about their employees. You had tons of control over the work you did, when you did it, how yeah. you did it. Um, they paid ridiculously well. Um, everyone was, it was a company of partners. Really, everyone was on the same level. There was no management structure. They let you take as much or as little time off as you wanted. You could take a sabbatical every year if you yeah. wanted to. It didn't matter. It was basically. The perfect environment for a consultant to thrive. This was yeah. a consulting firm. However, I was there for nine months and I was a little bit um, miserable by the end of it because the project work that we had to do was the same old boring ass for giant Fortune 500 companies where you felt like a tiny cog in a giant machine and you didn't know what the purpose was yeah. or why it mattered that you were there. Um, or, you know, you didn't feel like you wanted to help some massive organization become incrementally more efficient or whatever it was. Um, and so despite having all of the perfect lifestyle environment to thrive because that purpose wasn't there, the caring about the mission, um, I had to move on and, and do my own thing. And I think, and I think I, I've gone back and forth and then, and then I moved, you know, to trying to find something that I cared about a lot. But forgetting about the lifestyle and how important that was, yeah. And I've kind of gone back and so forth. Wait, am I seeing like a Venn diagram here? We have like light. Well, I guess it's the it's the okay. So there's lifestyle. We're adding lifestyle to Dan Pink's sort of triangle yeah. of uh, you know, m- and maybe that's maybe maybe that's wrapped into autonomy in some way. But autonomy yeah. to me, when he says that, it's really yeah, just it's, about you get the freedom to do role, the work yeah. in the in the way that you want to, not that you get to live your life in the way you want to. And so to me, that is a, a fourth circle there. Barrett, you sounded like you had something to say there for a second. Now, I was just going to go back to the last episode when you mentioned um, not doing something that beats you down so much that you just think you're never going to get to do anything that matters. And to me, that's that's like the ultimate uh, anti-goal here is not to stay with something so long that it beats you down to the point where you just accept life as it is. Yeah. And you say, I'm, I'm condemned to this miserable life of work and nothing's ever going to be any different. Yeah. And I think ultimately, as long as you don't do that, uh, 
it doesn't matter whether you're working for someone else or working for yourself because yeah. you always have a hope alive within you that the work is going to matter on some level. In closing for me, I have two things. Um, number one, <laughs> don't kid yourself. It also sucks doing it on your own. <laughs> you know, like Josh Ship has a, uh, there's a great quote that he had in the, um, what was it? We did a, I think it was a product series. The first product series, uh, when I interviewed 13 entrepreneurs, like what do they, what, uh, how, how did they build their first product? Yeah. Right. And he talked about the importance of caring about, about his stuff because there's going to be stuff that you're going to have to do that you're not going to want to do. And if you don't care about your audience, it's going to be really, really tough to stick through the care just because you want to earn a buck. Like for, for a lot of us, there are some people I've re- realized that are actually intrinsically and fundamentally motivated by money. Like man. they really do live for that. What? Yeah. What's man? Uh, well, I wrote an article a while back. It, I just really, it's really annoying when somebody literally rips off your headline, like, oh. like totally rips it off. So I just, and you know, a lot of times when I'm looking for an old article of mine, I just Google it. Yeah. Right. So I Google for this article, um, that I titled starting a business isn't all unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. It's the other side of the story, right? Because yeah. a lot, of, I wrote a lot of articles about, you know, X reasons to never take a job again, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. stuff that's very anti working for other people. And then I wrote the other side of the story, starting a business, starting a business isn't all unicorns and rainbows. And then right below that, I found a, a new article written in 2014, two years after mine that says starting up isn't all rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> what a chud. Jeez. What a chud. Anyway, big kudos to you. Um, Oh, and now I think I forgot my second bit. Anyways, the point of the first one being, being like, yeah, we're talking all about how much it can suck to work for a company. There's going to be nightmares working for yourself too. You know, that's why, maybe that's, that's why that idea of the mentor of working like, like Caleb, you have for the last three years Mm -hmm. with, with Corbett, who's been doing it, you know, and being able to glean, what you're doing is you're compounding your learning. Like you're, you're taking six years of learning and getting it done in three or you know what I mean? Or, or three years of learning and getting it done in that first eight months or something, you know? Um, and that's so valuable. And then I guess that, yeah, the second thing is I, in my podcast movement talk, I brought out this old sort of forgotten Steve jobs video where he was at next and he looks sort of silly. He's just got a blue denim shirt on. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite videos of his cause he, he, and I'll put it in the show notes. He says, uh, he has this great quote where he's just sitting there ruminating uh, about stuff. And he's like, you know, there's this thing that happens. Uh, and he says, by the way, this is Steve Jobs. And he says, this might be the most important thing. <laughs> he says, when you realize that all of life, like, you know, we're all supposed to live life by a certain way. You're supposed to have kids, keep your job, work up the ladder, eventually save some money away, retire and do this sort of thing. And we're all sort of living by that script. But at some point for a lot of us, we get to this, we get to this realization that all of life, that whole script, that whole story was just made up by people no smarter than you. You know, he says all of life was created, made up. It's a lot like that Alan Watts. Yeah. That it's Al- a lot of animated. like every Alan yeah. Watts, you know, uh, it just created by people who are no smarter than you, like no smarter than you. Just white, like white men just made up some rules about how life's supposed to go. And we're all doing that script. I was just in Dallas and I was, and it's like a lot, it's a, it's very ritzy in some parts, more, much more rich than where I grew up. But there, it reminded me of the places where I grew up. 
and I just see my parents and I see all of these Dallas people and all like this just the script. Like, yeah, that's exactly how a dad should look like at your age. Like you should be wearing exactly those clothes. Like you you're clearly all buying the same catalogs. Right. The same way that baristas in L. Portland L. are all wearing the same shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're all following some scripts because we're not all brilliant. And the point isn't to be an iconoclast, but just that sense of he. Steve Jobs goes on and says, like, you know, when you realize that you can poke the universe here, and then like something pops out over there, yeah. and you can shape it, yeah, you can create the life that you want. Totally, he says that's maybe the most important thing. Yep. And I think that's what, what it's really surprising to me that that's where this conversation has led me is back into the sacredness of, of you guys, this is your life. Like <laughs> that Switchfoot song, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? And it's that, that's it. Like that, this is it. And you're going to survive no matter what you're going to survive and bad things are going to happen. Cancer, death, decay, great things are going to happen. Love. And then maybe some lost love and then learning from bad experiences. Like you're going to deal with regular life. Like Hangovers. life chases after all of us, right? Yep. Sometimes you're going to be drinking out of a tampon. That just happens. Yeah. Right. Was that in this ep- I hope that was in this episode because otherwise that's way out of context. Yeah. And that was just, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it there okay. for people to go like, those are the most yeah. gross guys. Yeah. Rewind, ever- rewind a ways. Please. Yes. Yeah. Actually that is really inappropriate. <laughs> but, um, to me, it just comes back to, you know, and we don't have to get all like precious about this whole, but we do. Cause that's the whole damn point. <laughs> but you know, but with, like the guys that turned me off are the ones who are like, you know, life is a mirage and none of this is real and you're in the matrix and we can be a superhero and yada, yada, yada. Like this, this stuff is, it gets heavy handed. It's not the way I speak. I think a lot of people do speak that way. It's just not the way I speak. And it's an, it's a little bit liberating for me to be like, yeah, we can just say that. Like I can just hand you a cocktail and be like, Oh, and by the way, this is your life. It's all happening right now. You can shape it and change it however you want to. I hope you're tra- chasing after something you care about. And that's important to you because if you wake up more, more days in a month than, than not, where you feel like you're you're doing it wrong like you should listen to yourself and and just just get uh, a little bit adventurous and take that leap and try something and do something else and figure out what problems are important to you and just go do that like go move go try stuff you know serve people mother Teresa, she's like some people have made the argument that she's just checked out. A, she just checked out a life. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to have to deal with like I I checked out a life. That's why I went to the to school at, at a Christian school to become a pastor because I didn't want to have to think about real life. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I just want to give hugs for a living. Like I want to think fascinating thoughts about God. Slightly inappropriate and, hugs and give hugs, side hugs. Yeah, youth side pastor hugs. side hugs. But um, but like the idea of like going to Calcutta and just taking care of people who are going to die. Like, boy, does that ever put things in perspective? And it's not, you know, and it doesn't have to be this whole big thing where you have this really, like, you could just go do it for a little while. Yeah. You know, you could just, you can just go work at another company for a little while, then quit. Like, you can go figure stuff out. We got Obama. He'll just send you checks for stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Obama. Um, That's my closing piece. Corbett, what would you say? (sighs) I think you really nailed it there. Caleb, where would you go? I would say that there are some companies you can work for that actually embrace like internal entrepreneurship and letting you be a linchpin and actually changing stuff and some that don't. And there's also companies that expect you to just stick around forever. Corbett and I were looking at this like list of, I think it was fortune 500 listed by tenure of like the average employee and Kodak was the longest and it was 20 years. And maybe that's part of the reason why Kodak 
is basically bankrupt. And so <laughs> you look at like a Google or an Apple or a Facebook and all those are like one to three years. And yeah, Kodak's been around a lot longer than those companies. But still, I yeah. think they attract someone that is talented and has the ability to go do something else either for themselves or with another company if that company doesn't you know keep them motivated and encouraged to keep working there so yeah there's something to be said about companies that embrace that internal entrepreneurship thing when there's not a potential exit for them so not in the typical startup way but in a we believe in you and we're not just going to lay you off when you're in your 40s and 50s kind of way yeah i think you're absolutely right barrett last closing thought uh two things the first one is i somebody one of our listeners will know who it was but somebody has some quote related to developing employees like caleb said and measuring your success based on how many of your employees go on to do bigger and better things and i think if we're measuring our success that way hopefully we're going to be wildly successful based on where caleb goes next and the second thing is uh what I took away from your kind of uh, diatribe there, Chase, that I enjoyed was in a loving way. Every, yeah, in a loving way, in a, in a uh, gross, in an ugly girlfriend kind of way. Every, every once in a while, make a rule or two. You know, like take this, and we don't have the answers. Make your own rule. Figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, apply this to your situation, and give us your perspective because that's winning for us. Is inspiring you to have an original thought or two along the way, and I think that would be a good thing. I have been Chase Warbin Reeves. I've been Corbett No Summary Bar. No, I, su- what? I didn't give a summary. Oh God, yeah, Caleb. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> threw me off my game there. I've been Caleb Audrey. <laughs> I've been Barrett Brooks. I will see you there or not. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> You'll never know. I wish you could have seen Corbett's eyebrows when he said that. So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 69. That's F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 69. It's where you can go to find all the notes uh, and conversation that's going on about this this podcast, uh, including I, I put two videos in there. One is that, that sort of lost video of Steve Jobs that I found that I, I love, love, love. And then that, that Seth Godin talk that Barrett mentions about all the things that are broken. It's a great, it's a really good talk, actually. And uh, listen, Ryan wrote the intro. Here's here's the rest of his review in an iTunes comment. He said, uh, uh, awesome podcast, five stars. It's a great podcast for anyone looking to change direction in their career or to seek success in a personal venture. Super funny and inspiring. Thanks so much, Ryan, from the Czech Republic. That's our first, that's our first iTunes review from the Czech Republic, which is exciting to me. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, listen, if you like this show, add, add an honest review in iTunes for us. I think... Uh, you might have fun doing it. Write us a little uh, intro, uh, make a little joke. You can talk some about me because everybody seems to be doing that these days. This is me crying. Actually, I love it. It's great. So yeah, if you've got a moment, would you mind leaving us a review in iTunes? Uh, we'd really appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. All right, guys, it's the last. Uh, it's the last podcast of August. A lot of stuff going on. Summer's coming to an end. Got a whole new season coming up. Take a deep breath. Season's changing. Things are going to change for you and your business. Coming up. I don't know. That sounds like a little too speaker motivational. Things are going to change. I can see it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe in you. 
So how do we stay, how do we keep from being cheesy? How do we how do we be hopeful about the future and keep from being cheesy though? We're too certain about it. I don't know. If you've got the answer, let me know. We've got Q&As coming up next week. If you haven't asked a question of the show, tell us what you're honestly struggling with at fizzleshow.co slash ask, A-S-K. Hope to hear from you and answer your question on the show next week. Till then, find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.